Welcome to Broadway Corner with Ashley Ha, where you can hear your favorite performers talk about how they got started, their careers, and everything in between. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Spotify at Broadway Corner with Ashley Ha, and on my main Broadway account at Broadway underscore Corner on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Broadway Corner with Ashley Ha. I am so happy you're here. And today I'm back with another Here Lies Love podcast, and I'm so excited to be talking to someone who has an incredible belt, um, covers both Imelda Marcos and Maria Luisa, and just graduated from Pace. It is Sarah Kay. Yay! <laughs> Hi! So excited to have you on today. I mean, oh my gosh, you're in the ensemble, you do other things, you're like in rehearsals for everything. So excited to get into all of that. So to introduce you with a little bio, uh, Sarah Kay is a Filipino Filipino American actor, singer, and dancer. Sarah was born in Simi Valley, California, and relocated to New York City in order to pursue her BFA in musical theater. And Sarah is making her Broadway debut in the original Broadway company of Here Lies Love in the ensemble and understudying Melda Marcos and Maria Luisa. She began her career as a biology major at UC Santa Barbara, which is where my mom went, actually. Oh my gosh! Go <laughs> Gauchos! Yes, until she realized that karaoke at Tita's house was just not, wasn't just a passion, it was a lifestyle. And she's a proud second-generation Filipino-American making Broadway history with her fellow Filipinos. Apart from theater, Sarah loves to create R&B music, bake, journal, and take photos. So hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey! Oh my gosh, what a cool introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you're so young. You've had, like, you're already making your Broadway debut. You just graduated in May from Pace University, you know, in musical theater. I can't believe you were a biology major. Like so much is <laughs> happening there. But I mean, I want to talk about first about your background. Like where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Like kind of what was your journey to discovering theater and performing really? Oh my gosh. It's been quite the journey. <laughs> and I never would have imagined being here in New York City doing Broadway for a living at 23 years old. I just completely had a different idea of what I was going to do with my life and I thought that was going to be pre-med science routed so it's it's incredible to be here and being in Here Lies Love in the show that means so much to me and everyone doing it um but so I grew up in Simi Valley which is 30 minutes north of Los Angeles in California um I have an older brother and he was always such a big inspiration for me he's the smartest person I know. And I think having such an influential older brother, I also wanted to do something in the academic route, but I didn't know what that was. I know I liked science, but I, I just didn't know what to do career-wise. And he was always uh, just full-fledged, knew exactly what he was doing, especially when he was in elementary school. Like he was always building things. He's an engineer now. Oh, and he was always doing that as a kid. And I feel like for me growing up, I loved to sing and dance and act as three separate entities, not necessarily musical theater, but I kept that part of me so hidden growing up because I thought I had to do something more academic with my life. And I think that was more so because of familial expectations. Um, so growing up, I did a lot of sports I ran track for a really long time I did volleyball and then when it got to high school 
um, I decided that I wanted to go to a performing arts magnet high school. And when I told my parents that they were like, but you don't perform, you don't do any of that. <laughs> like they had no idea that this was even a slight interest for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, but I, I just really want to try it and, and, you know, test out the waters. So I ended up going to Santa Susana High School, uh, which is a performing arts high school. And my freshman year, I did show choir. And that kind <laughs> of introduced me to this musical theater world. We did this Wicked medley. And I was like, whoa, I like Wicked. I kind of like musicals now. Um So that was the start of my interest in specifically musical theater. But throughout high school, I just realized for me, especially in a high school environment, performing was, it was toxic. It was very toxic, especially with the people and the drama. And Mm. I was just not into that. All I wanted to do was just sing and dance and not have the, the extra drama on the side. So I thought, you know what, this this lifestyle isn't for me. I'm going to pursue something else and try to think about uh, my career and what I want to do with my life. So all throughout high school, I was incredibly academic oriented, science oriented. Um, I created this club called GEMS, which is Girls Excelling in Math and Science. <laughs> and I had all these girls were interested in pursuing science, join the club, and we would have little projects throughout the year. And it was just a chance for like us nerdy girls to get together and um, geek out. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And I was also president of HOSA Club, which is Health Occupation Students of America. Oh, and then also like everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. I just became fully immersed in science. And then I'd also joined mock trial where we competed um for like it was kind of like a simulation of of it being in a courthouse Mm -hmm. um so I kind of got a glimpse of that as well and I was like oh maybe I want to be a lawyer maybe I want to do that um but I definitely was more interested in doing science so when um when college applications rolled around I was like well I spent most of my high school career focused on science. So I think that's kind of the route that I'm going to go. I'm going to study biology. I'm going to do pre-med and then get my master's and then become a doctor, do something of that sort. Mm -hmm. Um, So I applied my senior year of high school to a bunch of colleges, mostly UCs, because I knew I wanted to stay in California Mm -hmm. um, to uh, study biology. And I specifically remember I... I felt a little guilty because I knew that there was a part of me that really wanted to do acting, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the education. I didn't do any of that stuff that people prep for college auditions to do musical theater. I just felt so behind and maybe not ready. And so I was like, as much as I wanted to pursue musical theater, it just didn't seem like it was the right decision because I don't, I didn't have the practice. Mm -hmm. So I, I ended up getting into UC Santa Barbara, which I was super happy about and decided to take, um, I decided to go there, but it was my, it was the summer before going into college that I was deciding between going to college early and doing a STEM research program at UC Santa Barbara or staying home and just doing a doing a musical 
just trying it out, just doing one more musical because I would never do it again. I told myself, you know, okay. once I go to college for this thing, like I'm going to be deep in the science world. I'm not going to have time to do any musical theater. So I, I decided to do that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do one more show. And that show completely <laughs> changed my trajectory. And I, I honestly had a quarter life crisis. Oh and I was like, yeah. I, I love this thing. I love storytelling and it's such a passion of mine, but can I do this for a career? Like, is this, is this a, just a side hobby or is this something that I can actually make money off of? So, um, the so that summer I went to UC Santa Barbara for my orientation and as my mom was driving me up there I looked at her in the car and I was like mom I don't think I want to do biology I think I want to study musical theater and I was so surprised when she looked at me and she was like I support your decision because again, I, I had no training growing up. I didn't take acting or singing or dance classes. It was just such a passion that I kept to myself and that my parents didn't even know that I sang until the summer before going into college when I did that show was when they saw me and they were like, oh shoot, like she's got something. Mm -hmm. So it, it was just such a blessing to be able to open up to my mom and say, I think I, think I wanna pursue this and for her to be so supportive. So. So I made that decision and I ended up going to UC Santa Barbara for the full year. I took regular classes, did the whole biology thing. But while doing that, I was also applying to musical theater colleges. Mm -hmm. So I remember it was like 11 p.m. at night and I was finishing studying or something. And I just propped up a camera in a classroom with that like green chalkboard as my background. Uh -huh. And I just filmed all of my college pre-screen auditions. Oh my God. And I was like, well, this is what they're gonna get. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I had nothing really. So I sang my songs and I submitted them. And um, while in college, going to different colleges to do the in-person auditions, it, it, was, it was a crazy, year and I knew I wanted to go to Pace because one it was in New York City and I knew yeah. that if I wanted to pursue this I definitely wanted to be in the hub of it all so once I got the call that I got into Pace I I was like bye Santa Barbara like this is over <laughs> like I am starting this new journey for myself and you know it like I mean you I'm sure you know like this career is so unexpected you don't know what's going to happen out of it and while I was so excited to pursue this and go to college for it, there was also that side of me that was so scared of like, yes, I'm gonna do four years training and practicing, but that doesn't guarantee anything yeah. in the end. So um, it, was a, it was a very scary thing. And I applaud anyone that decides to do this for a career because yeah. it takes a lot of gut. <laughs> Yeah, no, and even just like talking about the college audition process, I mean, you're going, you're taking classes while you're doing that at the same time, like that in itself okay. is just so crazy. Because like, for me, with my senior year, I was like, okay, let's take it slow, let's relax a little bit so I can focus on that. But I'm yeah. kind of doing both at the same time, which is crazy. But I mean, you made it through, you got into pace, which is incredible. And obviously, yeah. well, also, I was thinking of like, 
I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't need to go to UC Santa Barbara and I should take the year off and just focus on college apps. Mm -hmm. But there was also a part of me that wanted that experience of going to a college. And, you know, maybe there was a part of me that wanted to pursue it. So I had that option of being like, you know what? I really like this. I really like studying bio. I'm Mm going to stay. So I kind of wanted the best of both worlds. But, you know, in the end, I was like, I love to storytell. Like, I think this is truly what I want to do mm-hmm. for a career yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. super happy it worked out oh my gosh no I, that, I mean Pace is such an incredible school I definitely auditioned for them I'm like I love their program and everything but for you like going to Pace like what was that experience like kind of since you didn't have too much prior training I mean that's kind of like a little bit like me I, I started in high school doing training like just a little bit earlier than you yeah. I guess just trying to kind of catch up to everyone else who has been doing it for years you're like what is even going on right but, you know with with your education and training at pace like what was it like you know starting to take voice lessons starting to take like real real classes for for this passion oh my gosh so in the beginning of my pace experience I I was so excited, but there was also a part of me that was so scared because all of my classmates, I mean, they've been doing this since they got out of the womb, you know, like (laughs) they knew that they wanted to pursue musical theater at such an early age and got all that training. And there was, I think, two people in my class that went to the Jimmy Awards. And so they've been doing this and, and just have so much experience. And I was just, I was a little taken aback being like, well, I, I honestly am coming from nothing with my background, no training or anything. So I was kind of nervous that I was gonna kind of be put on the back burner. I wasn't gonna be up to par with my classmates, but going to Pace, especially my freshman year and taking my first voice lesson ever, I I have so much happiness and pride for my professors that have given me so much to learn from. Um, it was, it was amazing, especially my freshman year learning straight from nothing. I think that was also such a gift because I didn't have prior training was I was learning from the ground up. So I was learning college level acting, singing, dancing, um, just freshly new. And I think that was kind of cool because I had nothing else to sort of look back on or change. I was learning from the start. Mm -hmm. So I I thought that was really cool. And especially with the opportunities that Pace had my freshman year, um, I was able to start working for Disney Theatrical Group. We did did the first workshop for The Greatest Showman for the musical, and I got to do Jenny Lind, which was the the coolest experience that I've ever had especially working with Pasek and Paul in their room. And as a freshman, I'm 19 years old and I'm like, what am I doing here? I had, (laughs) I I truly felt so out of body my whole freshman year, but I'm so grateful for it. And it got got me so inspired for what the future, for the future, because if this, I'm doing this freshman year, I mean, who, what's to say what's going to happen next year? Yeah. right at the end of that experience was when COVID hit. And so it it was, it was insane. We had just finished the workshop. And then the next day I had gotten a call to come in for six. And I was like, what? Like these things are happening. Like I'm a freshman, I'm getting these opportunities. 
And so I remember that morning of my six audition, it was like 10 a.m. I was getting ready. I was ready to go and I checked my email and it was like, we're canceling this due to oh COVID. God. And then, and that was March 13th when the whole world shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess it's time to go back home, I guess, <laughs> which was such a weird experience to have my freshman year starting this new journey across the country in a new city with new people studying this thing that I didn't even think I was able to do. Mm -hmm. And then coming back home, not even months later and starting back from square one. Um, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, and I had to think again at that time when everything was shut down, I had to sit down with myself and say, is this something I still want to pursue, especially if the world is in this state right now. And for a lot of my classmates, they decided that it wasn't something that they can pursue right now and that they need to do other things. So uh, my sophomore year, we had a couple of people drop out and that's when Zoom school started, <laughs> which was quite the experience, especially as a musical theater student. Yes. Like having to sing, dance and act in your like childhood bedroom is like the craziest experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was definitely tough, but my freshman year really set, set the standard for myself of like, I want to get to that point again. Mm -hmm. And it took a while because both sophomore and junior year were basically online or if not online, we were masked in the classroom. So it was really hard to do scenes with people, especially when you were partnered with someone that was taking classes online and you had to act with them over Zoom. And it, it just lacked so much humanity that I think you need as a musical theater student in online voice lessons and doing scenes in masks. It was it was difficult for sure. But overcoming that my sophomore and junior year and coming back um, with most of my class, I think by or by senior year, we went down to 14 students, which we started with 28. Oh so almost so 14 half. Is, 14 is small. Like it's small. Yeah. So, I mean, we started with so many people and then ended with like, I think, actually, I think we had 12, but then two people had ended up taking gap years. So from the class above, so they joined our class. Um, but regardless, we were still such a small class, yeah. um, but we were in person senior year. Things were starting to come back up. We actually got to do in-person productions, yeah. which was really nice. You know, I saw, uh, I saw that you did, you did Baker's Wife and Into the Woods, right? Like that. Yes. I, remember, I remember actually seeing videos on TikTok from like the program. And then I think I saw a different TikTok with just you and the person playing the witch like together. Yes. <laughs> and oh I didn't, God. I didn't know who you were at the time. I was just like, oh, this is a funny TikTok. I like that. Oh my god, that was so funny. Today I was like thinking back, I was like, wait, no, I did see that like way back when you were still doing that. The, the oh my show, gosh. How fun that was. Yeah, for some reason that blew up and I have no idea why. I, <laughs> I think it was just funny, a good funny video, I think. Of like, <laughs> yeah, it, it ended up reaching theater TikTok and people yeah. thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was that was the first ever full production I did at Pace, and mm -hmm. it was my senior year. And I was like, I was really nervous because I, because of COVID and everything that happened throughout my college experience, 
I didn't, I thought I didn't get, well, I think I got the training that I think I needed, but obviously was halted because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so only having one production from college under my belt and then realizing I have to go out into the real world was very scary. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided after, um, after Into the Woods ended, we were starting to audition for the spring musical and I didn't get cast. So I was like, well, I guess Into the Woods is gonna be the only show that I have under my belt in college, um, but I'm not gonna let it stop there. I'm gonna start auditioning for things outside yeah. of, of the school. And I think that helped so much, especially after Into the Woods, I was consistently auditioning for things. I, I went in for Wicked, I went in for Six again, I went in for Camelot, and these things were all happening um, at the end of 2022. But just because they were happening, I wasn't getting these things. And the feedback that I kept getting was, oh, like, sh like she's young. She's very young. Mm -hmm. And that completely triggered me because I was like, how am I supposed to get a job out of college if I'm too young? And I didn't know what that meant. Did that mean I'm too green, like for, for this industry? Or am I actually physically too young to join the company? Um, so as grateful as I was to go in for these shows and um, get that experience of auditioning in the professional world, it kind of was such a letdown to get so close to the finish line yeah. and, and not, you know, get the outcome that you, that you want. Um, so in January, this was all throughout like fall and winter of 2022. And then January rolled around and I saw that Here Lies Love was coming to Broadway and that they had an open call for it. And that's when I like set my foot down and I was like, oh, we're getting this one. This, yeah. this, if this is going to be the one, this is it. It's just too perfect. It was a, a one, a Filipino musical and it was a disco pop musical. And I was like, those are my two entities <laughs> in <laughs> one. So I, I felt so grateful that those things didn't work out. You know, those past auditions, like it was, it was such a gift that those things didn't work out. And I got the experience auditioning in those rooms. So I felt confident going into the room for Here Lies Love. Yeah. You were just like, I'm ready for this. <laughs> you, you right, me. right. You know, I think that happens a lot where a lot of actors talk about the things they didn't get and then it prepared them for the thing they eventually did. Um, and yeah, what was the audition process like sending in for an open call? Because so many people submit for those. Like, what was the callback process like? I heard Roy had to come back like a bunch of times in one week. Like, yes, it, like for you. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, that was probably the craziest audition process I've ever had. Um, but I was planning on auditioning for the open call when I got an email asking for me to come in for Imelda. And yeah, yeah. that was, that was really cool. And I think because of um, that email, well, because of all the auditions I went on prior, the casting offices sort of kind of got to know me and was like, oh, she seems like a good fit for the show. So I think that's why I was called in. Um, but what's really surprised me was that they called me in for Imelda. And I think that's, that scared me a little bit because of the feedback that I kept getting from other shows was she's too young. Yeah. And I thought, well, I want to be in this show in any capacity. And if I'm going in for Imelda, they're going to think I'm too young. So 
I, I was just like, you know what? I am going to do the work that I need to do and do the best that I can in this audition room and they can make that call. So um, the first time I went, it was like the end of January. And I believe I went in like seven or eight different times. <laughs> it was crazy. Like the craziest audition process. I think it spanned over two to three weeks where I was still going to school and then I'd have to leave early from like, <laughs> stage combat and be like I gotta go to an audition <laughs> like, this um, but, important, I promise. <laughs> right? but luckily like with going to pace they were uh they were more than willing to let me leave early or do what I needed to do to to go on auditions outside of outside of class which was which I'm really thankful for because throughout this audition process I missed a lot of class <laughs> Um, so yeah, initial audition was like January 30th or 31st. And I believe the whole process ended until February, like the second week of February, second or third week of February. Um, but it was crazy. I remember initially going in and it felt so good. Like I felt so confident about it and waiting for the second call. And um, they said the next round will be with Alex Timbers and David Byrne. And I was like, already? Like, this is only the second time. Like I'm going in, I'm, I'm already peeing my pants. Like <laughs> it was crazy. So I, I, I went in and, and did the thing and then um, went in again for a dance audition specifically for Imelda. And then I think that next round was um, was for a, an ensemble track. Cause I think that's when they were like, you know what? I think she is too young, but we still want to consider her for Imelda, like an ensemble understudy Imelda track. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> like I, I'm into it. Yeah. So yeah, so went in um, a couple other times and then my final, final callback the day before that, I get a call saying, we also want you to sing for Maria Luisa. So mm. they gave me two songs and I was freaking out because I, I was like, I have to learn these and memorize these by tomorrow for the final, final audition for all the producers, all the creative team. Mm. Um, so that, that was really stressful. And I remember going into my final audition and I started with the M Maria Luisa material and I did the first song, but then when it came to the second song, I forgot the lyrics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I I was so embarrassed. I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm going to have to use the sheet music. And they were like, oh, no worries at all. Like, that's not a problem. Like, you literally just got this yesterday. Oh, and it crazy. Yeah, it's right. crazy when you think you have to know. And it's they're like, you got it yesterday. It's okay. <laughs> right. And uh, it, yeah. it's like it's those expectations that not only you put on yourself but you think that you have to be a hundred percent ready and and while you want to be um it's just it's not realistic like if you need the sheet music in an audition bring the damn sheet music <laughs> which is what I learned I had put so much pressure on myself trying to memorize that it would have greater benefited me to just have it in my hand yeah. and that they were more than willing and it, it was an acceptable thing to do because I think we're taught that like you have to be off book and like you know you have to be 100% ready but it's like it's an audition and they ask you to do crazy things all the time so 
yeah, it's like, yeah it, it was a little bit a little bit unprepared just if like if it's that turnaround if they give it to you right like, it's like okay maybe have it but a day that is crazy to learn two different songs because like for me i always have to like listen over and over again i'm like what is even going on <laughs> right and i remember that night too i just had it on replay on my spotify the maria larisa material and i was like i'm just gonna go to sleep to this and hope like osmosis happens where i like, just absorb, like right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i was like that'll do <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. And, and I mean, learning, l learning the fact that you were going to be covering those two roles, like what was your reaction? I mean, you watch the show and you see, I've only seen Jasmine as, I don't know if anyone's gone on for her yet, but like you're Not just yet. hearing her and you're like, what is going on? How is she doing that? And then same for Imelda. You're like, this is a hard, hard role. And I mean, for you being, you're 23 now and you're playing a woman from when she's what, like 17 to like was like it 53 50, yeah 50 something like her, throughout her entire life like in and the fact that you were told that you're too young for things but like what was your reaction to hearing like i'm gonna be covering imelda and maria luz <laughs> shocked is like the only word that comes to mind i remember um it was a thursday night because fridays i had a senior showcase class where basically everyone was gearing up for their senior showcase yeah. and i remember a casting director was coming in that friday so and i had no idea what i was going to sing sing for my package because i've been so focused on this audition process so i remember sitting in my bed just going through my book being like uh what can i what can i do for showcase and kind of freaking out about that and i uh, got the call uh, from my manager and he was like I have some good news and I have some bad news and I was like just tell me the bad news first and he goes the bad news is you're not going to be able to showcase because you're going to be on Broadway uh -huh. oh and my <laughs> in, in that moment I like tears like true it it was such a weird experience just being in my bedroom and getting this call and no one was home either <laughs> so i was getting this news by myself and it was so unreal but honestly it was such a sigh of relief especially after the audition process and going in for different things and wanting this one particular show so badly especially to be able to tell this filipino story in an original broadway cast it was everything that i've ever dreamed of mm -hmm. and getting that call saying that I was, I was in the show, nonetheless, understudying Amelda and Maria Luisa, I, there are truly like no words to express the gratitude that I had to even get cast. It was, it, it's, it's shocking really. And it still shocks me to this day that I get to do this. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. But I think, dream yeah, I think, that is now reality for you <laughs> right and I think once I got that call I was like well you know what it's time to get to work because they had trusted me with these two roles especially with Amelda and being 23 I felt like I needed to do everything that I can to know who this woman is how to be able to embody this lifespan in 90 minutes so I got the call in February and we didn't start rehearsals until May 1st. So I spent that chunk of chunk of time just researching and doing everything that I possibly could to be ready for my first day. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I have a good foundation for sure of who, who this 
person and character that I'm playing is. Um, and especially now that we've opened, we're now in understudy rehearsals. So getting to step into um, the Amelda track has helped so much with my understanding and the confidence that comes with playing this role because like, again, like there was insecurity of, oh, I'm too young, but I was given this opportunity to play this role. So I knew that like, I had to get it together and show that I can do this. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. No, I, I hope you get to go on sometime soon. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if I wasn't in either California or Boston, if I was in New York, I'm like, definitely would go and try, try to oh my gosh. tracks. Cause it's so special when an understudy who's been preparing for so long or doing, like you said, doing research in that time, which is so smart, first of all, of just being like, okay, I have to really like focus in on this. Getting to see that, you know, on stage where it all kind of pays off. I'm like, I really hope it happens. Like, obviously you kind of hope it doesn't happen, but like it does happen at the same time. Right, no, seriously. And yeah. like, I have like, Ariel Jacobs and Jasmine are two like superstars that I look up to and who are the most genuine and amazing human beings that I've ever got to work with and be friends with. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a privilege to be able to understudy these two amazing women. So I would never like let them do their jobs, please. Like, <laughs> please. Of course. And they do yeah. it so well too. Mm -hmm. So I would never want anything to happen to them ever. Yeah. but you're like you know it's like you want I want hopefully one day to for you to be able to just step into those roles just because it's like they're just so they're powerhouse roles really and I mean right. I watch videos of you singing like you know never enough and things like that and I'm like you have the voice you have like um, it's just it would be so cool to finally see that you know I'll pay off on stage and so thank you sometimes soon. And, yeah <laughs> and you know what if not soon then sometime like there's truly like I am in no rush to take yeah. to do with these roles you know like the time will come and I'm very much um I'm I, I think that everything happens for a reason so the t if it does come it'll come and if it doesn't I have the opportunity to have these two roles under my belt like I think that's even that's a privilege to even just be able to understudy, even if I don't go on. I think, especially I'm in the ensemble every night uh, telling this story. Yeah. It's such, I have so much gratitude for even doing that, that those things like I, I don't necessarily need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And, and do you have a favorite like number to perform as either in your ensemble track or as Maria Luisa or Imelda? Just for each of those roles, like, do you have a favorite song to either sing or perform? <laughs> mm, I think for Maria Luisa, it has to be Men Will Do Anything. It is so fierce. Yes. And I think it's really cool to be able to understudy these two roles because Maria Luisa is essentially Imelda, but her conscience, mm -hmm. it's Imelda's inner self. So yeah. in a way I'm understudying this one giant role cut mm -hmm. up into two. So I think that's really special and men will do anything is like Imelda's inner self feeling all these feelings, yeah. um, which I think is really cool. But for Imelda, which I feel like a lot of people think this song isn't the most um, exciting song, 
but I love Walk Like a Woman when mm -hmm. she just gets back from her honeymoon with Marcos and she's starting to become this public figure. Um, I just, I think the storytelling of that one song is such a three act play. I love playing and acting that song because she starts from a, such a different place than where she ends. And I think it's a huge arc in the show that kind of explains where the drug problems come from um, and this, this, um, this need to be something bigger. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that song. And and again, like Amelda's songs are just so full of like story and, and yeah. you know, where everything is stemming from and like the, you know, the overlying theme, theme of just love and like what she uses love, if she's doing it for love what, or what she's trying to maybe make an excuse for as if she's doing it for right. love, just all of the, all of those things is so intricate and what david you know Byrne has done is so so great and yeah do you have a favorite oh do you have a favorite for your ensemble track just like oh yes i the fabulous ones is my favorite to perform especially like because i have that reporter sequence in the beginning getting yeah, to set yeah. the whole storyline of fabulous ones and then getting to sit with my ensemble mates and just like completely like freak out while Conrad is belting to the gods like it is so fun and it's such a powerful song too that's definitely a turn of events throughout the show yeah. um and it's very very powerful I love doing that one yeah no that is I mean one of the I remember that was one of like the like out of all of the songs like that all stuck out I'm like that was one that was just so when you see it on stage and you see it either in the mezzanine or on the floor whatever uh, whatever you choose it's like just that moment of the people like the power that first of all Nino is like helping bring up in the people and just like realizing what Amelda's doing is like you know right and I great right, with, yeah and with the projections on the screen as well it makes people realize oh these uh this couple that we've been rooting for throughout this whole show isn't what we thought they were and I think that's a really cool thing for the audience to experience is seeing the rise and fall of the Marcos regime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what do you hope the audience members take from Here Lies Love, either when they go home, whether they're Filipino, not Filipino, just what do you hope they learn from it? I think specifically for the Filipino people, um, Throughout this whole process, I think especially for people who live in the Philippines, they have this idea when they see Marcos and Broadway together that we are romanticizing this family and putting them on a pedestal. And it would be my hope that if they do end up coming seeing, if they do see the show, if they don't see the show, that they, re that they realize that that is not what we're doing, rather we're using Imelda and Marcos as a vessel to tell the story of the people power revolution. Like I truly believe that this show isn't about the Marcos, it's about the people and the people power revolution and that corrupt and greedy dictators are, that democracy can overcome these greedy and corrupt dictators. And because this is happening, this is history that's also happening right now in the Philippines with Bong Bong being president, that democracy is fragile, but we can overcome it as the people. And I think that's what I want everyone to, to come out of the show with, that democracy is 
is powerful and that we as the people, we have the power to overcome these corrupt, greedy dictators. Yeah, no, I think everyone can definitely learn something from the show. I know for me, I tried to do research before going just so I kind of understood, understood what was going on and that was helpful. But, you know, I hope if someone goes in blind or someone brings someone to the show and you leave, you are like, okay, I'm going to do more research on this. I'm going to understand what actually happened to these people in the Philippines. And, and what does it mean to you now to be playing your own ethnicity, portraying your own history as a Filipino American, um, just on Broadway? Because usually we don't get to play our own ethnicities as Asian performers. Exactly. And I honestly think it's about time. And it's, it's exciting and also sad that this is the first Filipino musical in Broadway history. It just shows that we have so much more work to do in this industry to be able to bring light to these stories. Um, but regardless, I feel so incredibly grateful to be so fully immersed in my culture and to be with castmates that we have a true understanding of and this shared experience of being Filipino. Um, the cast, I feel like, have become a second family to me just because being Filipino, we, we just share the same culture and there's just a deep understanding of one another. Um, but I, I think it's such a true gift to be able to be in this show. And I remember in the beginning of uh, my career, or rather when I was in college, I wrote down in my journal things that I want to do and things that I want for my career. And the first couple things were one, I want to be able to share true and authentic AAPI stories. And I want to work with diverse cast and crew members. Um, and another one was to star in an original Broadway production. Mm -hmm. And I just think about those three things that I wrote down like three or four years ago and see it now in present day come to light. It, it truly is such a gift and a blessing to be able to kind of check off those three things in this one musical. I know usually you get like maybe one show here, one show here, but <laughs> right. you got them all at once. <laughs> it's, it's so incredibly special and I'm so happy that I get to do it with this specific cast because everyone is so talented and gifted, but not only that, but just good humans and good people. And we all truly do care about each other. And I keep thinking to myself like, this is my first Broadway show, but it's definitely setting the bar really high for the next yeah. ones. No, I think really. after this, it, it's definitely such a special experience that I don't think something like this, it might not come again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, now you gotta like, you know, savor it, savor being in a room full of Filipino people. I mean, what was it like for you specifically being in a room full of Filipino actors and, and creative um, team members? Like, because usually, you know, it doesn't happen where you either are the one Asian person or you're the one, you know, kind of feeling a little bit left out, just not even intentionally, but just that's just how it is, like in a cast right. or in anything. Like, what did it feel like to finally be in a show or in rehearsal with so many people sharing your culture? I remember the final audition, everyone that was there, um, we all came together in this huge dance space and we did the curtain call for Here Lies Love. And we all went in groups and we we're cheering each other on. And in that moment, 
seeing all these Filipino performers and artists in one room. One, I didn't know there were so many of us, <laughs> which is sad to say that all these beautiful and talented Filipino artists that I didn't even know how many of us were in the industry and for all of us to be in that one room together, celebrating our culture and being Filipino and cheering each other on, it makes me emotional just thinking about that moment that I, I, I will never forget it because I told myself on that final audition day, even if I don't get this job, I'm gonna remember being in that room full of Filipino creators and artists and feeling that, that pride and yeah. love of being Filipino with all these other Filipino artists. It, it's truly so, so special. And being able to do the show and being with, with the Filipino um, cast members, it's, it's amazing to be able to work with people who look like you and who share this culture with you. And it's special because throughout this whole process, like someone the other day, um, one of our swings, Jello, was like, oh, I brought arroz caldo for everyone to eat. Oh. We we're like, oh my gosh, like that's home to us. Like that's such a nostalgic meal for me growing up and having that in a cast at work is so <laughs> special and sharing food with each other. Food is such a big part of Filipino culture. So everyone's always bringing something like adobo <laughs> or pancits and you're like, it, it just brings so much love and joy into the space and being able to connect with each other um through food and culture uh it's, it's very very special and i applaud david byrne for bringing all of us together and for making this dream possible for us to be able to tell this story on broadway because we really couldn't have done it without him yeah yeah we couldn't yeah definitely could not have because he was able to bring it up use his his name and his his exactly. influence to help bring people in and then show showcase all of the Filipino people in the show and all the producers, all of the other creatives, people, right. costumes, everything. Um, and I mean, for me, like as a ta I'm Taiwanese American. And so, you know, I, but growing up in Bakersfield, there's so many Filipino people here. <laughs> and so yes. I, was, I was telling like Roy yesterday, like I have a person who she's like my second mom. I've grown up with her. She's Filipino immigrant and she was a nurse and, and, you know, she would make Arascaldo for us. Like, oh, when I was, like you know, either when I was sick or little. And so, you know, I may not be directly a part of that culture, but especially being in California, it's like, there's so many people that take part and share because Filipino people, are so welcoming and they invite you in and and take care of you and share their culture culture with right. you even if it's not exactly yours it's it's that feeling of just you know having their arms open and like you're bringing you in and that's what here lies love does as well where they're bringing you in they're like you may not know exactly what happened or you don't know what happened because of you know the schools like schools not telling us about right. any of this but you can go in there's no expectation for you it's like you just you have to listen and then you can take exactly what you know what they what everyone is presenting and then form your own opinion and and learn something learn something new so that's yeah and i think that's so it's so special um to be able to tell this story on broadway because a lot of people don't know the filipino history or the marcos regime and what they know about amelda is her shoes and that's it and i think it's so special that in the show we don't talk about that because that's not that's not what's important about 
the story. Um, but it's really cool, especially talking to some of the audience after of them being like, I had no idea what the show was about, but they were more so intrigued by obviously the set and the immersive yeah, experience, <laughs> you know, that's what kind of brings people in and to be able to tell this story in the, in that setting is so special to be able to bring so many different people in who don't know about the Filipino history and who leave being like, oh, I, I want to learn more and I want to look this up and see and, and learn more about what happened. I think it's really, really special. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And in Here Lies Love is just, I think it's beautiful in that way where you just, you leave and then you think about it a lot afterward. I know, because for me, I actually saw the show twice in the same week. You um, did. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was in New York for a week. We always go, no expectations, just like no tickets bought beforehand. It's just like an open. Oh my gosh. So I went on Tuesday and then I was like, okay, I got to go back because I was in the mezzanine. So it's like, I got to do the floor now. And oh, yes. I went back on like Sunday night just to, um, you know, experience it again. And, and yeah, it was, it's like my favorite show on Broadway right now, just because of the energy, the music is great. Dancing is great. Like, I love stories that make you think. And so it is so transformative in that way where again like you really do want to go look it up afterwards or talk right. to guest about it or just learn something learn something new and so it's such a special show i keep saying that over and over again on whether instagram or anything to anyone who will listen um <laughs> and, thank you for coming and for supporting the show like it truly means so much to get this feedback from people especially like i said after the show who were like i had no idea what i was getting into and now i want to see it again and again from different point of views I yeah. That's so, so cool and so special to hear that people are invested in this Filipino story. And that's not something that you get as a Filipino. Yeah. And so it's so cool to have this, have this story be told on Broadway and for it to get that recognition and for these Filipino artists and creators to get that recognition that they deserve. Yes. It's such, it's so special. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It is so special. I mean, I was, I think Moses, Moses was the one who said there should be like a punch card that you can, <laughs> where you like sit on the mezzanine, sit in the floor, like sit, in a, sit on the side, sit in the VIP box, like just to, I'm like, that is a great idea. It would encourage Honestly, we should. like putting, putting it out into the universe. Just come on advertising team. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah right and like yeah. once you like check off all the boxes you get like a shirt or something or a free ticket oh, for the next time seriously no that just again we'll we'll, we'll message yeah I'll take a little yeah, hey. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and just for you personally do you have a favorite Filipino food right now because for me mm. mine right now has been like the Filipino like fried pork belly with like rice oh. with pancit and I'm like it's so good because there's a place in Bakersfield that you know you can like go order from at the farmer's market or something and so do you have a favorite mm -hmm. right now even though it is so hard to choose <laughs> I know it, it truly is so hard to choose um my go-to is always chicken adobo I love adobo <laughs> <laughs> or it would have to be it would have to be pork sisig mm, yeah. love some sisig 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, to anyone who will be listening, if you haven't tried like Filipino stuff, like <laughs> like food, you have to. It is the to best. To die for. Yes. No, yes so God. good. And anything, anything ube as well. Like I am such an ube fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw you guys got like ube lattes the other day. It's like, yes. so, so fun too, because it's like, everyone loves it. <laughs> Especially. Right, right. <laughs> that'll hopefully keep happening in the cast where everyone brings brings great um great things for oh my gosh it, <laughs> it is always happening there's always something in the green room where we'll get a text and they'll be like oh there's Ponzi down there and like if you hear the footsteps go down the stairs with like oh all of our Tupperware <laughs> like everyone's running down just to get it but yeah yes everyone needs like Tupperware at their station just because so many people bring food and we want to be able to take it home yeah it's so Filipino yeah no I mean again like that would never happen on Broadway except for um and you know last question like what does representation mean to you oh god it's it's everything especially in this industry where uh a lot of AAPI voices and BIPOC voices aren't heard. And this, I mean, we call this industry the great white way for a reason. Mm -hmm. And while some progress has been made, there's still so much that we need to work toward. And Here Lies Love is just only one show that's doing that. There's so many other um, different ways that we can include other people and that's just not about race that's also about gender that's also about sex that's about everything mm -hmm. um there's so many like we are storytellers and we are putting the human experience on the stage and the human experience isn't just white it isn't just cisgender so i think it's so important to uplift those voices and to be able to put it on the stage because that's the human experience mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, so representation is everything, especially in this industry and onward outside yeah. of it as well. Yeah, no, I hope allows like younger kids who are Asian who who might not think that it's even a path for them to maybe want to pursue this or or see themselves in a way that they've never realized before. Whereas, you know, when we're young, we just see all these, you know, white and blonde characters and we think that's the ideal we think that's exactly who we need to be when it's the exact opposite where it's like just be exactly who you are and that is perfectly okay so yeah right, right. for saying that it's it's such people think it's such a hard topic but it's not it's like we're just including everyone when you include everyone everyone feels loved everyone feels like they belong and and giving them that that opportunity is like we're just leveling the playing field a little bit more where we're exactly. having those like here lies love and, and there was another filipino musical over here in la on this side of the world too where you know we're having these shows um being seen by people and people are learning about a culture they didn't know before or seeing something different when maybe your view of the world had been like this where we're just gonna make it a little bit bigger for you just to invite you into um you know everyone else's stories too because yeah re representation really does mean everything i know it's meant everything to me in the past few years with a lot of shows coming out like k-pop here lies love where yeah. there's asian people just celebrating that and just hoping that there's more of that on broadway um absolutely and, and also i i always think about like during shows like you always want to play 
to the rear mess because you don't know that there might be that young little Asian girl that could only afford the the back row of the theater, but they're there and they might get inspired by this and realize that this is something that they want to do. And I just think I'm that little girl in the rear mess. And I've been so lucky and inspired watching performances from other Asian performers and realizing that, you know what, this is something that maybe I can do. And the fact that I'm here to be able to say that I did do it, I want to be able to give that to other little Asian girls as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, that's, again, that's just incredible, everything you're saying. And yeah, you never know who's going to be watching and you never know what is going to become. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. And how can everyone listening either support you on social media or just in general, if you have projects other than Here Lies Love, like just, uh, this is kind of like your little plug of yourself, (laughs) whatever whatever you want to say, just so everyone. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is so sweet. Um, I think really the only social media I use would have to be Instagram. So if you want to (laughs) follow at Sarah C-C-K-A-Y, definitely um, do that. Or I try to update my website as much as possible, post YouTube videos of anything that's happening. But I think announcements or any updates that are coming will usually be posted on my Instagram. Okay, that's so great. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the podcast. I'm so just so happy for you for you to go from, you know, UC Santa Barbara to Pace to just booking a Broadway (laughs) show when you're still in college. Like, first of all, that's like the dream. And I'm so so thrilled for you and the rest of the company to just be telling this amazing story eight times a week. So make sure you get your tickets at herelieslovebroadway.com because it is such a special story. It is one that needs to be told and everyone needs to see it seriously. Um, So thank you to everyone listening. Thank you, Sarah. And please make sure to follow me on Instagram and and whatnot. I don't know. It'll be linked. It's fine. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Broadway Corner with Ashley Haw. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next time. <laughs>